Is there not an entire section on this subject? No, yes. but I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, sir. What have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Let Me Tell You, episode 62. I'm your host, the Evangelical Norm. Got to check and make sure we're on the right episode there. Um, a lot of stuff going on. First off, happy Memorial Day. I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. I took an extra day. Uh, did not do a podcast Sunday night into Monday morning because it was Memorial Day and I was taking the day off. So um, here's our, our catch up on Tuesday morning for you uh, for the week that was. Um, so a lot of stuff went down over this last week. First off, let me just jump in and just start out by talking about uh those we lost this week um 2020 has been very cruel in some of the people it has taken away from us um three guys that uh actually every single one of them in some way was a, a huge influence on me um in different ways so first off we we lost ravi zacharias we knew um, he was he was getting very close there were actually rumors last week that went around that he had died last week um, but he did pass early in the morning on the 19th I believe um, and so uh, well done good and faithful servant you know Ravi went to be with with Christ and um, you know I mean it's sad for us we we have lost a, a, a great apologist a grand theologian um, very pastoral in, in his, just in his, even in his interactions, when you saw him give presentations or debates and so on, Q and A's and stuff, very, just a very gentle, uh, man. And I remember when I was given his book, uh, Jesus among other gods was, uh, probably the one and only book of his that I read. And it's so hard for me to read because he's so, uh, just theologically rich in, in stuff and growing up in India and being among this this place where millions of gods pretty much anything could be a god and then finding Christ and being saved and and sharing that with others Ravi had an immense impact on the world at large um, then middle of the week find out that that Jerry Sloan the legendary coach of the Utah Jazz um, this was a guy that I just, you know, was somebody that you respected just because of the way that he was with his players and so on. And, and again, not on a, not so much on a, a, a spiritual level, but just a, to, to look at him and go, this man did great things with, with the players and, and so on. So, you know, again, I'm a jazz fan, so maybe that just tainted my, uh, my view of things, but very respectable man, um, well loved throughout the community and so on. So, um, again, also though, we knew that it was not going to be long. He had, uh, 
well into uh, his time with Alzheimer's disease, and uh, he you know resigned from the as the coach of the Jazz when he found out, and so the the progression of that disease. So uh, you know, I don't know where he was in the in the aspect of being a believer or not, but um, you know, I hope he did know the Lord. I hope he was saved, um, and then finally. Uh, very unexpectedly, we found out that Mr. Solo of the Gospel Gangsters um, passed away um, just the other morning, Saturday, maybe late Friday night into early Saturday morning. Um, you know, just a shock for everybody. It was was it was crazy. I did a whole video on on just on him because again. Psalm one sixteen fifteen says the Lord delights in the in the the death of His saints. We know, I mean, testimony after testimony, very public testimonies of Mister Solo that that confidence in the fact that he was saved, and that he you know absent from the body is present with the Lord. That as just as as Ravi heard um, when he stepped into the presence presence of his Lord. Um, and Savior, he heard those words, well done, good and faithful servant, um, huge in sharing the gospel with many in, in gang lifestyles, uh, you know, inner cities and so on, um, having the background that he did, being able to go into those places, much like uh, Seven and guys from Hog Mob and, and so on, you, you get these, these guys that have come out of these these gangster lifestyles and um are going back because they want to see those people not one not just pulled out of a, a lifestyle that could get them killed but to be saved and know christ and so solo uh gospel gangsters was one of the first christian hip-hop albums i bought after i got saved so very instrumental in in just even the beginning formings of my theology um came through uh, some of his albums so I mean just a, a really sad week for those of us here we mourn as as we've lost these people but you know looking at, at this picture here I know at least two of these men um, I will get to see uh, one day when when my eyes close here and I step into eternity I will be able to see these two men and I will <laughs> I will find them <laughs> and I will I will hug these men and and share with them just exactly what they meant to me as we worship our Savior together. So uh, rest in peace uh, to these men. I hope Jerry was a believer um, for my brothers in Christ, uh, Ravi and uh, Mr. Solo. Um, you know, uh, see you when I get there, right? So that transitioning into... Um, can you call him Crazy Joe? I don't like name calling. I really hated Trump and and even some people. But I mean, Joe, Joe, you you really are earning the name Crazy Joe. And again, just like we just talked about uh, Jerry Sloan being, I don't know if if it's dementia. I don't know if it's Alzheimer's, but Joe Biden should not be the candidate for Democrat, the Democratic pre candidate for president. This man is not mentally fit 
to run for that office. And someone's got to realize that. So the big thing, of course, you know, we hear all the, the, the accusations and stuff. We really haven't talked much about the accusations against Joe, the, the, the rape accusations against Joe. Um, but they, they seem to be valid. Again, we need all, we need an investigation. We need this, this to be investigated, just like with Kavanaugh, just like with Roy Moore. Um, you know, the hypocrisy on the left is insane in the sense that, you know, in those issues, it was believe all women, believe all women. We don't even care if there's any evidence or anything else like that. They said that these men that just happened to be on the right, they said these men uh, abused them or assaulted them or whatever it was. But now this woman comes out and says that Joe Biden assaulted her. It's like, well, well, you know, she's not all that credible. She's not. Wait a minute. I, I was I'm old enough to remember this. You know what? What we went through with with Blase Ford and Kavanaugh. I, I'm old enough to remember what we went through with. I don't even remember the names of the women and Judge Roy Moore. We can you cannot have both sides. You know, this is this is ridiculous in the fact that if you were insisting on believe all women, then why are you not insisting on believe all women now? Suddenly, all these people have have found the the need for due process specifically. Wow, that came out really uh, essy. Specifically, Alyssa Milano. I mean, the the height of hypocrisy in in this. And and again, I want you know. Consistency. I say I need consistency in worldview. So the fact that I demanded an investigation and facts in Kavanaugh and Roy Moore, let's bring facts. I'm not immediately going to say that he's innocent, uh, just like I didn't with them. But we need to have an investigation. We cannot just shut this down. But worse than that is, and I really do think it's worse than that. Well, Okay, I apologize. What he said to Charlemagne, the, I won't even, I'm not going to call him his whole name. Charlemagne is all I'm going to give him because he's not a god. Um, is not worse than assault, especially if it, if it turns out that it was true. But uh, on the crazy tip, what Joe said earlier this week as a guest on the breakfast club with Charlemagne. And if you have a problem, this is quote unquote, and I'm, I actually should say paraphrasing cause I don't have the exact quote, but he basically said, if you have a hard time deciding between me and Trump, then you ain't black. Now one, I mean, are you saying this immediately to Charlemagne? Because he didn't, I, I would expect him with any, wealthy white male on his show to say, whoa, 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 buddy. Who are you to determine what is and what is not black? You know, why would believe that the black community decides what is and what is not black? Now, I would say that even some of those things are sketch because I've heard some, some, you know, obviously you get into some of the circles on that and, you know, Candace Owen and, and, People like that. Uh, Kevin Johnson, is that his name? Uh, I can't remember. There's, a, a, I mean, 
any number of black people who are on the right, who are conservative, that are suddenly not black enough for the black community. But again, I would think that being a black man, Charlemagne would immediately shut down Joe, saying, you know what, Joe, <laughs> you're a pretty rich white guy, and I don't care how much interaction you had with Corn Pop back in the day, and, and working in, in a black uh, swimming pool or whatever it was, you don't get to determine what is and is not black. Truly, the Democratic Party should not be able to determine what is and is not black. And voting Democrat should not be the litmus test on what is and is not black. You know, I, I'm very firm in the fact that I know a whole lot of black people that are maybe not necessarily Republican, but very conservative, who would have a problem with what Joe just said. Because you take that, and now you're looking at any number of the guys that are, are part of Reform Bars, um, any number of guys that are involved in the CHH community, um, any number of guys that are, are very uh, conservative, that are suddenly, in Joe's estimation, not black. You know, hey, Chuck Knox, uh, Kirk Kennedy, um, you know, I, I could, Candace Owen, I wish I could remember. I think it's Kevin Johnson. I can't think of that guy's last name. Um, the Black Sphere is what he does. Uh, the Black Sheriff, I'm, I should probably have prepared with names a little more. But there's any number of these guys. Um, what are the Hodge twins that Steven Crowder has on his show all the time? Apparently all y'all ain't black. Diamond and Silk, they ain't black, according to Joe. Why, I, really, my question is, why did Charlemagne not shut him down and go, whoa, 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 mister? Because I guarantee you, if I went on there, and I even attempted to say, I mean, even something, and you know, if, if if I, as a white man, went on there and said, if you don't like hip-hop, you ain't black. I would get run out of town. I would get my something or other beat. And, and, and rightly so. I mean, I, I, I'm, again, consistency in worldview. If any other conservative white guy had come on and said that, and even any, any other demo, white Democrat office seeking person candidate other than Joe Biden would probably have been torn up and down for making that statement. But for whatever reason, and I really wish I knew, and I, I haven't seen any feedback from, well, I think I did see something where Charlemagne kind of was like, well, that's not really what he meant. Well, that's what he said, man. I mean, that's that's bottom line. But again, Gaff after gaff after gaff coming from this guy, and you know I think it's Steve Gaff, uh, Steve G Dace, Steve Dace's definition of what a gaff is is when you open your mouth and the truth accidentally comes out. Um, that's what Joe has been doing, and really, I mean it is, it's embarrassing to watch, and it's, I mean all I can do is pity this man that he is still being put out in front of the world publicly seeing his his mental uh, degradation um, 
go on and on and on. Really, it is time to, for those of you who, who are appreciative of what he's done, thank him for his service to the Democratic Party in the country and send him on his way. Let him go home. Let him be retired in peace and ultimately go the direction of Jerry Sloan, uh, Ronald Reagan, and, and those who have, have just mentally um, degraded down to the point where they, they're unable to care for self. Because, I mean, it's, it's obvious that that's the direction that, that Joe is going, and I'm, I feel bad. I feel bad that he's out there. So that was the other craziness of the week. And then the ultimate crazy um, church in Mississippi. Mississippi. A church was burnt down. I mean, the Bible Belt. We're, we're talking the Bible Belt. This church was First Pentecostal Church, and I can't remember the name of the city, was burnt down because they were holding meetings and not uh, closed down because of COVID-19 and somebody literally, I mean, they went in and they burnt the church down and, and that may have been let off as, I mean, they're, they're saying they suspect arson, but the fact that somebody spray painted in their parking lot, maybe now you'll stay home. You hypocrites kind of tipped their hand that this was an intentional um, attack on a church in America because they were holding services and not staying home. And most churches that are doing this, I mean, and, and we're seeing more and more, we're seeing more people angry at the churches. We've got governors thinking that they can literally define how churches hold services, whether they can or can't administer communion, whether they can or can't sing and so on and so forth. Have you forgotten the First Amendment? But now we've got people, we have, we have stirred up enough hatred and panic and fear that people are burning down churches. People are running people out of, of stores. Now this, I mean, this is, whether I can call this a, a, a case of religious persecution, I seriously considered making this a story in this upcoming week's episode of The Fifth Seal. Because ultimately, they burnt this church down. And again, I don't know if I can call it religious persecution. I think this is just fear-mongering carried out to its its ultimate logical end. You know, there was a, a thing in Staten Island. I'm going to show a part of the video, and I'm going to immediately tell you, give you a language warning. Um there is a lot of foul language in this, so if you need to remove children or, or whatever from the area, um, go ahead and hit pause and do so now. You've get, been given your opportunity, but this is a, a, a store, a grocery store in Staten Island, and there's all the people in there with their masks. There's one woman without a mask, and they literally run her out of the store, so I want to go ahead and let you guys see that. And uh, this is this this literally turned my stomach when I watched this earlier today. Um, and so I wanted to put this. Get the fuck out of here! 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 Get
face, running her out of this store. Get out. So, so we've got people being run out of stores because they're not wearing masks. We've got churches being burnt down. And it's because of the fear that has been stirred up because of this coronavirus that is unnecessary. And my question is, my frustration is, when are we going to hear the first story of someone being shot? Because they weren't wearing a mask. Because they weren't social distancing. This is what... All these government officials in this lockdown has caused. People are going to lose their lives. You're so worried about people losing their lives by a disease that we deal with year after year after year. We're not shutting down because of the flu, but thousands of people a year lose their lives because of the flu. Cancer and and all kinds of other viruses. And we're not shutting things down. Because of that. But for some reason, this COVID-19, which is nowhere near as deadly, look at the facts. Yes, I'm, I'm frustrated and I'm angry. If you look at the facts, this is nowhere near what they said it was when it started. And it was not nowhere near the 2 million people they said that were going to die in America. I mean, yeah, we have hit 100,000 deaths. And, and ultimately, you've got to stop and go. Half, At least half of those are probably not because of COVID-19, but they just happened to have another comorbidity along with it, and they called it COVID-19. I talked about already the family in, in Tooele that had a, a, a man who had had a, a 250000 cancer rider on his life insurance policy and died of cancer, but they called it COVID-19, and now they don't want to pay that 250000 This has become insanity people have lost their livelihoods new york state stated that they have seen a year's worth of suicides in four months because of this lockdown because of the fear that was created for whatever reason and we don't even know why but now we have churches being burnt down people being run out of stores there is severe hatred coming from the side of the the world of the of the political sphere that usually claims to be the tolerant ones although we know that they're not i mean so many things come up in this you know you can refuse to serve somebody because they don't wear a mask but yet you can't refuse to bake a cake for somebody because of your religious convictions the hypocrisy is rising to the surface in all of this and in reality we could have done everything we could have maintained our economy and taken care of those who are the most vulnerable if we would have just looked at basic biblical standards that said you quarantine the sick and you and you keep those safe that are are prone to it but then you let everybody else go about their business you let everybody else go about and you wouldn't have this kind of hatred and ugliness I mean, you, if, if you are a proponent for mask wearing and so on, you've got to answer for what these people did in Staten Island. You've got to give a reason 
you know, because if, if you're insisting, then you obviously think that what they did, or you've got to join in and say that that was wrong. But if you're going to be angry, I'm telling you, I am literally predicting this right now. Mark the tape 24 minutes, 23 seconds into the episode 62 of let me tell you may 25th 2020 within two weeks we are going to hear if something does not drastically shift in the the uh in the atmosphere of this COVID 19 in the shutdown and so on if there's not a drastic shift like immediately opening things up someone is going to get shot because they're not wearing a mask. Mark the tape. I said it. I'll stand by it. And obviously in two weeks, if it doesn't happen, then I'll come back and admit I was wrong. But that is what my concern is. My concern right now is that somebody is going to lose their life. I mean, praise God no one was in this church building when it was burnt down. How many more of these are we going to see? How much vandalism are we going to see? How much, how many assaults and so on are we going to see? And I'm telling you, if this fear mongering continues on, someone is going to get shot because they weren't wearing a mask or they were too close. This is this has gotten to be ridiculous. Now, I do not in any way, shape, or form downplay the fact that, that COVID-19 can be deadly. I've had now a niece and a great-nephew who's had it, a cousin who's had it, who spent two weeks in the hospital in a coma on a ventilator, and a buddy who had it who was on a ventilator, and all have come through it. Not necessarily unscathed, but they've all come through it. I have known nobody personally who has died because of COVID-19. I have one friend whose grandma had it and was dying of something else previous to that. So they won't say that she died of COVID, but she died with it. This is not the deadly... biblical plague that it was presented at the beginning the models were wrong the predictions were wrong and now it's time for somebody to step up and go we were wrong carry on if you're pr- if you're prone to this this disease if you're prone to if you've got underlying issues that that make you more susceptible to potentially dying if you're 70 years old plus in a nursing home or you've got uh, immunocompromised or respiratory issues like asthma and so on stay home stay away quarantine keep yourself safe but the rest of you go on with your lives get COVID-19 deal with it recover from it Build up the immunity to it so we can all continue on the same way we do with every other illness that we have every single year. 
Because if the expectation is that we're going to shut down till there's a cure, it is not going to work. And you might as well just say goodbye to every freedom that you have. Because sooner or later, they're going to get to a point where they're going to infringe on something that you hold dear. I mean, I'm a conservative, so they already tap danced all over the stuff that I hold dear. But they're going to get to a point where they're going to hit something that you consider an unalienable right. And then what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to preach the gospel at all times and I'm going to use words because they're necessary. Until next week, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm -hmm.